Hey, Johnny Tudor, then you. Wow, you're looking looking good, man. Looking, you look like you've been on a cruise or something. Well, the weather's been great. I've been sat on my balcony. It was like being on a ship. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's ships we're going to talk about today. Now, I've never done a cruise, never performed on a cruise, but it became part of your life, didn't it? Get hit in the high seas. Well, not just hit in well, the, the high seas, but the, the, in the first high seas. one I ever did was back in the late sixties, and I got a phone call from my agent. I'd never been on a ship before. And it was a, a ship called the Carmania, which is an old Cunard ship. And it was going to Montreal, right? Lovely, lovely. But what I didn't realise, being a rookie at sailing, it was going on uh, October, I think, across the North Atlantic, which gets pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know. I get on there now, and I'm okay for two days, and then I'm as sick as a dog. <laughs> so, like Dickie Andrews would say, I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm suffering this, right? I'm in my cabin like a sick pig, laying on my bunk, and I'd get up, go up and do the show. I, while I was doing the show, the adrenaline kept me going. I felt okay. And I'd go straight back to the cabin. So after about a week of this, because it was like a 15 or an 8, no, how long was it? To Montreal. I bought a 10-day crossing, I think. Anyway, um, I, I saw the doctor. He said, you fool, come and see me. He gave me an injection. That was right as rain. Yeah, ever since you were a good sailor, were you? No, no, I just take the tablets now. I, I didn't realise. If you take one of these tablets the night before, they stay in your system. They make you feel a bit drowsy if you take them in the day. If you take it the night before, have a good sleep. It's still in your system. You can go through a force 10, your mind, you know. So anyway, we get to Montreal, right? I met, I met a character on there called Noel Murphy, his name was. And uh, he was a steward, and he's just sitting in the library selling stamps to the little old ladies, <laughs> And that's all he did. And he'd see the he'd say, Stamp Madam, of course. It's a hard life at sea, isn't it? <laughs> and then we get to Montreal. I've only got like $5 in my pocket because I thought I got paid on board. See, this was the first one I'd ever done. And I didn't. I got paid at home through my agent, right? So I got no money now. We get to Montreal. I said, You don't need money. He says, This Noel Murphy said, I'll take you to, we go see this, the expo. It's Expo 67. So I said, well, what are we going to do for money? He said, don't worry about that. He said, we sort it out. So we, we, we hit your lift and get to this expo place. And then he walks through the turnstiles and he pulled out his, his wallet and he went, Irish delegation, and walked straight through. And the woman said, excuse me, sir, he's gone. Right? I'm left like an idiot now outside. He comes out about 10 minutes later and he says, follow me and do what I do. I said, okay. So we went to the turnstile, he showed his hand, and he had an infrared stamp on his hand. See? They shine it, okay, you're entering, you go. And he says to me, so I showed my hand, of course there's nothing on it. He said, you're an idiot, I told you to get your hand stamped. Why didn't you do it when I told you? Okay, you, so I, we're both in there for nothing. <laughs> so we get to, there was a British pub on the site. It was very expensive. And he'd put a tie on before he left. But, uh, what did he, I think it was Royal College of Surgeons tie or something, right? So this American guy says, oh, it's American, sir. yeah, surgeon, blah, blah. So he buys us a drink. So we got a glass each now, and he pulls out a bottle of whiskey from his pocket he'd had from the ship, and we get stoned now. We haven't spent any money yet. So we leave the, the expo, and we get up onto the motorway, and we're thumbing a lift now. And the guy pulls up in a big Cadillac. He said, where to? He said, take me to a nightclub. So we go to this nightclub in Montreal, and he blags his way, and he says, we're agents. We've just come from the Palladium in London. We're looking for good acts, you know. So, so we get into this club for nothing, right? And we watch the most fantastic floor show. And with the $10 we had left, we got in a cab back to the ship. 
and he gave the, the, the cook two bob for something, and he gave us egg and chips. So we didn't spend any money. So I said, this guy's either going to end up a millionaire or he's going to be, a, you know, in jail. <laughs> Years later, I'm in South Africa in a casino, and this bloke stood next to me. He said, do I know you? I said, Noel Murphy. He had a company called Blarney Promotions. He had a bloody Rolls Royce. <laughs> he said, I knew it. I knew it. He said, so that was my first journey into, into cruise life. Oh, and, and, you know, when you say the North Atlantic is, is busy, you know, that time of the year. Oh, it's I mean, rough. It's, it's rough. very big, isn't it, those waves? Oh, a force nine, force ten. I mean, it's like this. you're up three steps and, then you know, when you're walking up the stairs, you're mm. up three of them. Whoop. Yeah. But if you take the tablets, you see, you're okay. You, see, you know, you, you survive. Keep taking the tablets. And, and the people that come onto those cruises, as you say, the little old ladies back then, but it's changed, doesn't it, over the years? Now, it's, what, what, sort of, oh, what, yeah. what sort of performance space did you have on that ship? Was it, was it a stage, a proper stage and everything? It, it was, yeah, it was a proper stage now, but it was a bit stayed. It was a bit like old people. And like the next, I did the next trip on it, which was into, um, into the Greek islands, which was one of these cultural trips, mm. looking at all the artefacts and you know, all the different ruins and so forth. We had people on there, one guy called Serian Moncrief of that ilk. <laughs> and he had his girlfriend with him, who was a German hooker. I can't believe it. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, John. Alle- allegedly, allegedly, he was his allegedly. secretary. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, so that was the first one I did, yeah. And then I used to do the QE2 a lot. Now, the QE2 was a, a transatlantic liner, not like these cruise ships you have today. It actually did the trip five days there, five days back. Eh? Mm-hmm. And they'd have great big stars on board. I think there was, a, uh, what's his name was on once? Uh, Neil Sadak and they had um, um, Charles Aznavour was on. So there were lots of big stars used to come on and do like one or two gigs on the way across. And I got on. I said, when am I working? They said, Thursday. <laughs> so only did one on, one, one or two shows over and one or two shows back. And then, um, and then now, because... It became much cheaper. Um, I don't want to sound disparaging, but anybody can go on them now. Before, it was only rich people could afford these things, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the clientele now is more like, you know, going to a club in Britain or, or a theatre in Britain, you know, because lots of Brits. Mm. I mean, how rich were but, the people that used to go then, like Sir Ian? Oh, very rich. Yeah. Oh, very I mean, you know, if, they, if you were like some of the suites on the QE2 were like 35 grand, I mean, it was mad money, you know. I mean, uh, but I used to do this wonderful little ship called the um, the Sea Goddess. Now, the Sea Goddess was um, it was a yacht. It held hundred passengers maximum. Right. And um, it was like wonderful because I was the only act on board. There was like a little trio she would accompany me, and that was it. So I do about two or three shows a week, and that'd be it. See, but there are lots of uh, very rich people used to come on there because they knew they wouldn't get bothered. There was no tannoy saying, Mr. Jones, can you go to the... There was none of that. If they wanted them, they put a letter under the door. It was really swish. I mean, it was five-star cuisine. And I lived like them. It was unbelievable. I had a cabin like them. I ate in the restaurant like them. I was like, you know, like a passenger. Do you want to come home? <laughs> yeah, that's where I met Ernest Borgnine. Borgnine, I told you. Years ago, I told you about Ernest Borgnine, the film actor. I'm doing this show on the ship, and there's this craggy-faced guy in the front. And I thought, I know this man, because he's been done so many films. So I did my show, and I came off. He says, great job, John, great job. I said, oh, thank you, Mr. Bourne. He says, call me Ernie. And he was great. I used to go to dinner with him and stuff. Him and his wife, Tova, and he was. I had a nice letter to say, if ever you're in the States, come and see me. Um, 
And there was an, another guy, you see, very rich people, actually, um, they would rent the ship for a week. You know, they would charter it for themselves. A guy called Mr. O.J., a very smart businessman, and he, he, he booked it for a week for his wife's birthday, and he invited all his, pe- all his friends. So you had people like um, Mike or the Mechanics, you know, Mike Rutherford right. was on board. Um, who else was on board? Um, Greer Garson, the old film actress, was on board. I mean, all people like that, you know. So it was a wonderful experience. We get into the Virgin Gorda, which is just by Necker Island, where um, Branson's got his little little island. And opposite Virgin Gorda is another little island, which is uninhabited, okay? So he hires this island now to do a firework display for his wife to see for her birthday. He flies in Paul McKenna to do one gig. I mean, it was like all unbelievable. Then we we get into Monte Carlo and... Adnan Khashoggi got on board, you know, the, the arms dealer? Yeah. Because he lived, he lived in Marbella, up in the mountains. And he came on board with his wife, who was a big tall woman, and a guy called the Count. And this guy, the Count, had the silver top cane and the iron mark. It was like some part of, like a Bond movie. Because <laughs> Khashoggi's a little short bloke, and his wife is a big tall, very statuesque, lovely-looking woman. I mean, you couldn't believe it. Yeah. Some of the people I met on it was unbelievable. And the show that you did was the same was the same type of show as you do if you were doing a singing, a dancing, a couple of gags, some impressions, or whatever. Mm. There was once when the um, the McLaren racing team uh, charted it for the for the Monte Carlo. Uh, um, no, what did they call Grand Prix? Oh, Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so he said, "Oh, you aren't going to do any work this week." John says the captain because they just want to use it like a hotel. See, so I'm just sat on deck watching the race. Because it was, it's a fortune if you want to go there, right, to do that. So anyway, they said, well, you're not doing anything. Sea Goddess 2, which was the sister ship, he says, he's coming into um, Saint-Tropez. Can you go over there and do a gig for him? I said, yeah, okay. So they sent me in a taxi over to Saint-Tropez from Monte Carlo. I did the gig and I stayed the night on that ship, right? So I think the next day I'm getting off now to go back to my ship, Sea Goddess 1. And um, what do I see but this, the wind spirit coming in? Now, this is a ship that's got sails. It's wonderful, this thing. And I knew the manager on there, and he's on board. And he went, Johnny, what are you doing there? I said, I'm just going back to Monte Carlo. He said, we're going. Do you want a lift? <laughs> so I get on this beautiful yacht. And he's playing all um, classical music, and the sails are up. And, it's all, and we sail into Monte Carlo Harbour. And the captain, who's a Norwegian, he's on the, on the bridge, he says, Yanni, what are you doing on board that ship? I said, I'm just having a lift, captain. <laughs> but some of the people on that, I remember, because we used to dock in Monte, have you been to Monte Carlo? No, no, I, but I want to go now, Johnny, I want to go, but I want to yeah. go in a sailing ship. <laughs> yeah, well, all the ships, they, they kind of dock right, right, right in town. Right. And you just get off the back and you walk onto the, onto the deck. So um, there was this guy walking past. And he had two girls on his arm. He went, I say, can I come on board? I saw the bloke on the deck. He said, no, sorry, this is a private yacht, and um, you can't come on board. He said, but I've got two of the best-looking gals in Monte Carlo with me. He said, I don't care. It's a private yacht. You're not coming on. <laughs> oh, my God. Tell me, tell me about nearly getting shot in Galveston. And it, it sounds oh. no, nothing like nothing like the song by Glenn Campbell, your story, does it? Well, what I was, I was on a boat called, that was a Cunard boat called the Princess. And we, I was on with a, a guy called uh, Peter Gordino. Do you remember Peter Gordino? Yes, I do. He was quite big in the 70s yes. and 60s, 70s. He was a, like a dancer and a singer. And um, he did lots of, he did, uh, what was that space thing called? 
TV series. Um, it wasn't Blake Seven. It was one of those he okay. was in. Anyway, if you saw his face, you know, there was him and there was an American comedian. We're all on board for the weekend. We come into Galveston and we get off the ship and we're going towards the, um, the, the exit to go out, out of the dock into town. So the, the comic and, and Peter Gordino just walk through and leave me behind. There's a big guy, must have been six foot seven, muscles in his spit. You know what I mean? Big Stetson on. And he stood there and he went, we have to talk. I said, well... He says, we have to talk. I said, what about? I, I said, there's something wrong here. I said, look, I think you've got the wrong guy. I said, I'm from Wales. I've never been to Galveston in my life. So he looked at me a bit and he said, uh, okay. And he let me go, see. I didn't think anything of it. So I got back to the ship. Turned out this guy, uh, his wife had had an affair with a pianist on the ship. And his, the, the pianist was roughly my size, dark hair, which I had in those days. And so it looked like I was the, the spit of this guy. So this guy got on the ship. He had a gun. How he got through security, I'll never know, right? He's going to shoot this fella. So years later, I'm doing a Pontins tour, and this pianist is one of the pianists in Pontin. I said, you nearly got me shot. He said, you think you've got problems? He said, I had to stay on board for three months. Everywhere we docked, this guy was on the dock waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't mind getting shot for something I've done. Do you know what no, I mean? No, but no, no, shot the wrong guy. Shot the wrong guy you Galveston. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but being on board ship, now, I, I think we mentioned this before when we chatted, but you, you do become a bit of everybody's personal property, don't you? Because there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide. That's right. I mean, after you've done your... Before your first show, it's great. You're just like one of the... As soon as you've done your first show, as you say, they stop you. Hey, John, like the show, but boom. Everybody's got, a, a pro, everybody's got something to say, and they all want to give you advice. Have you noticed? <laughs> People all know about show business. <laughs> so one guy said, hey, John, I love the show, you know, but I, I didn't like that last number. That, was, that sucked. Um, what you want to sing is, uh, and he gives me something he wants me to sing. So I said, what do you do, sir? He says, I'm a gynecologist. So I said, you know what they say, if you want to know about show business, ask a gynecologist, and I walked away. <laughs> I don't think he liked it very much. Oh, but I suppose there, but would, there would have been agents coming on, big big names coming on, offering you deals, offering you different bits and bobs. Hard to say no. Well, I met two very big agents. One was called Sherwin Bash, okay? And he, and, and he was a really nice guy, and he invited me to dinner one night. And he said, you know what you want to do? I said, what? He said, you should be doing that, me and my girl, he said. He said, well, can you get me? He said, I couldn't get you in. You haven't got a green card. Anyhow, I said, who would you handle? He said, uh, um, Tony Orlando and Dawn, Neil Sedaka. He said, uh, what was the other one? Well, the Carpenters. I don't know, he's a big, big guy, this. Wow. But he was a real nice fella, you know. Yeah. And then another time, I can hear this woman coming on up the deck, and she's got like a... American accent, but I recognised her, but I didn't recognise her as being American. Anyway, she comes up, and then I, I sussed it was Marion Ryan. Now, Marion Ryan used to be a singer back in the 50s and 60s, and her sons were the Ryan twins. You remember Eloise and all that? Oh, yeah, great. Great record. Right. And she was with this, this guy. So I looked him on the manifest, and it was Harold Davidson. Now, Harold Davidson, back in the day, he was the big impresario would bring all the big stars in, you know, Sonata would come in for him and, you know, people like that. Um, and Dean Martin, anybody came into Britain, they'd come through Harold Davidson. Anyway, he'd gone and lived in America 
And no, he was he was Sinatra and Sammy Davis's agent. And he put together the tour with Sammy Davis, Sinatra, and Lisa Minnelli, and they did a tour. Um, but this was the time when Sammy Davis had problems and he had an operation on his throat. So I'd be on the stage and they loved my act because I do like an American act, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when I did my Sammy Davis impression, they were up on the seat shouting in the morning. So I said, can't you get me on a gig with Sinatra? He said, you wouldn't have another singer near him. <laughs> he said, if you're a comedian, I could have got you a gig, mate. He said, but not as a singer, forget it. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, but, you, but he, apparently they said that Sammy Davis had this operation with throat cancer. Mm. He said he's still smoking. He won't give up his smoking because he died, didn't he? Mm. Not long after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I met some people on there. What, you. what about the food, Johnny? Was it, was it always good? Five stars, five stars. <laughs> um, in the end, you got a bit fed up, though, because it was all this, like, Nouvelle cuisine and uh, it was beautiful food, don't get me wrong, but in the end, you wanted beans on toast, you know what I mean? <laughs> So I used to go down the I used to go down the crew mess sometimes and sit with the, the captain on one of the, the offices and have food downstairs. You know, which more rough and ready, you go and serve yourself. And I remember I was down there one day and this captain, he was the right character. His name was Eric Sven Eric Pedersen. He was real real Norwegian guy. You know? And uh, he was like Popeye, really tough. And the waves are going over the portal. I said, a bit rough out there, Captain. He said, we are at sea, you know. <laughs> he used to do his announcement, and he sounded like Hitler. He go, ladies and gentlemen, we have a crew muster by the gymnasium. This is for crew only. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a nice bloke. He's a nice bloke. Uh, but the food was terrific. I mean, Freddie the chef. He was someone else. Freddie was. I think he was um, Austrian. Austrian chef. And he used to love my Tom Jones impression. I used to do an impression of Jonesy, but it was like a comedy one. I used to do the li- lyrics to the, like a parody to Green Grass at Home, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he used to love this. He's Johnny, Johnny, you got to do the Tom Jones. I laugh my guts out with you, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and over like, the years, those were the stages, the, you know, the actual theatres have become, yeah. well, they're, they're as good as any stage anywhere in the country, aren't they? Oh, the big ships, they've got the full works, the lighting rigs, and it's beautiful. It's all like amphitheatre style, you know? Mm. Um, oh, they hold about 800, 900 people, something like, like being in a big theatre. Yeah. And how, what do you orchestra. do then? Do you, yeah, do you turn up? Do you have to have turn up with all the parts? Do you, how, how oh, you got all the, yeah, you have all the parts, yeah. yeah. yeah so you turn I'm up. lucky I've always had the parts because I've always worked with bands, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then if I needed any done, I'd go and see my friend Con Jones. Remember Con Jones? Yeah. He used to be the MD up at the Diamond. What a good arranger he was, though. Yeah, yeah. And he used to write beautifully. It was all clear. And you'd go on the ship and say, is this one of Con's arrangements? They'd say, no, it's right away. Wow. And, of course, yeah. you've got to look after your music, Johnny, when you're on a, on board ship, you know. If you, yeah, yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is have your music lost at sea. Oh, my God. That's what you need, isn't it? I'll never forget once. I just got on board some, and I wanted to... Wanted to transpose one of them down. Right. My uncle was a music arranger, so he taught me how to do all this. See, so I'm on the deck. It's a lovely day, and I'm I'm writing the, the parts, but I'm doing it down like a tone or whatever. And all of a sudden, the wind blew, and half of them went to the swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they're great, and they got really good bands on board, really good readers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, what Fantastic. do you do all day then? Because as you say, you've got you maybe a gig or two in a week. Maybe, you know. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, two weeks, two, two, three max a week. Yeah. What do you do? do, you, do you... You, well, 
you get up in the morning, you go for your breakfast. Right. Well, that's a good start. If, if, you, if, if you get into it, because it usually comes into port most days. Perhaps there'll be a day at sea. Mm-hmm. So when you get in port, you get off and you go into town. You do what you got to do. Enjoy yourself. Come back on board. If you're not working, you just go to dinner, you know, and then go and watch somebody else working. If There's, some, there's a show every night on the big ships. Yeah. yeah. For instance, it'd be like me and, and our friend Mike would perhaps be on board. Mike, Mike Doyle. Doyle. Then Mike you, Doyle. Yeah, because he does loads of cruises. And then there'd be um, perhaps a girl singer be on board. And there'd be, you know, so you take it in turns. You do, because they don't want to see the same show every night, do no, they? No, no, no. Uh, plus, there's the the show that they put on like a, well, a potted musical. So there's dancers on board, you see, and singers. So they do like mini musicals, really good shows. Right. And then the likes of me and Mike Doyle and that would go on and do like our cabaret bit. Like our one night when we did our thing, we just our shows. So the dancer would go on and open up, and then we go on and do like an hour or forty-five minutes or whatever it is. Uh, but when you're not working, you're just like a passenger. That's all you do. Yeah. Sunbathe, go out on the go out on the um, the ski the ski, the ski things, you know, the water skis. Jet skis and everything. Those skis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I was with this friend of mine. He was the the cruise director, and he was from Cardiff. Right. And I didn't know him before that, but he was like he's become a great friend. So he said, John, come in the boat, speedboat with me. He said, i got to take some of these out water skiing. You just sit in the back and, you know, spot them, make sure they, they don't fall off or something. I said, okay. So I'm sat in the boat with my sunglasses on, and he's belting the boat. He looks around at me and says, hard life at sea, isn't it, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But having you said that, as you say, after you've done it a while, once you've had those meals every night... Uh, and you're stuck on board a ship, it can be a hard way of life. I mean, this sounds like <laughs> sounds like a big excuse if you know, Johnny, but it can actually yeah, yeah. be quite a hard way of life, can't it? Hard way to, you know, because they pay you good money and it must oh, be hard yeah. to leave. It must be hard to leave it. But, you know, for your liver's sake, I'm thinking, you know. It, well, if you're a drinker, look out, because on the Sea Goddess, it was for nothing. The booze was all in. Oh. And in every cabin would be a bottle of whiskey, and it'd be black label, there'd be a, a, a Shivers Regal, uh, or there'd be a... a, a Quavassier brandy, there'd be gin, every like every every drink you want to be in your cabin. So once you take a couple of tots, you go next morning there'd be a new bottle in there. So if you were a drinker, you could really go to town. But I'm not a drinker. I have a glass of wine. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but the food and the oh, everything was laid on. It was wonderful, really. Yeah. Because that's what they're paying for. Some of them are paying three or four grand a week just to go on this thing. You know. Gosh. And then the conversations yeah. that you'd have with people, the interesting people you'd meet who, who weren't gynecologists, yeah. expert in, <laughs> in entertainment, you must have met some incredible people. Oh, yeah. Well, one guy I was talking to was from New York, and he, he said, oh, I like it. He was talking about my act. I like to show John Bloody Blah. I said, what do you do then? What was his name? Good, Mr. Goodman. So what's your, what's your um, uh, business, Mr. Goodman? He said, I got a store in New York. And that's all he said. Hmm. His store was Bergdorf and Goodman, which is like selfishes, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he owned it. I mean, you, you meet some, I mean, big, big, really rich people, yeah. but they're really nice yeah. because they, they've got no edge. They don't need it. They don't need any veneer because they've got it all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then uh, the, another guy, this guy called Mr. OJ, I told you, but they rented the ship for his wife's birthday. He invited people like Mike uh, Rutherford, who was a really nice. You ever met Mike Rutherford? No, no, no. Mike and the Mechanics. Yeah. He, was, he was originally with um, Genesis. Genesis, right? yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. And there was Gerhard Berger, the, the racing driver, was on board. Um, and they, they, he's just rubbing shoulders with all these people. It's like uh, unbelievable. And then 
when we got into uh, Marbella, this is when Khashoggi got on board because we used to use his little dock. He owned that little dock in Marbella, Khashoggi, because he, he had a boat called the Mabilla, and he sold it to Trump, funny enough. <laughs> and so nobody was allowed to use this, because, but he let us go in there because the sea goddess was about the same size, the yacht. And he came on board for this dinner, and then he invited everybody, crew and all, and all the officers to his house. Now he had a house in the mountains, and he had this huge place up in the mountains, and the kid answered the door. He was in, in, in fatigues. The kid, he was about 12, on a motorbike, and he opens the door. And they had this big, huge t- refractory table, and he, and he had a, a, a stable with all these wonderful um, Arab horses in it. It's like another world. You can't believe this thing. Yeah. And then, then Sean Connery was buzzing us once in his motor, because he lived down there as well. And he's buzzing about. There's Sean Connery over there. <laughs> Did you ever meet a boxer called Eddie Avoth? He's from Cardiff. Oh, I remember the name. I never met him, but what? Yeah, he was a champion boxer, wasn't he? He was a champion boxer. He was a lover, nice bloke, a big pal of mine. And he used to run a, a, a restaurant in Monte, um, uh, in Porto Panus. It was called Silks. And anybody who was anybody always went to Silks. I mean, there was um, uh, like Jimmy Tarber could be in there, Sean Connery. They'd all be in there, you know. And I and we came into Monte Carlo. Uh, sorry, Mon- I kept mixed up Monte Carlo. Uh, Porta Banus one day and I said I gotta go and see my friend, you know. So I walk in and he sees me. Now he was six foot like three or four. And he sees me above all these people. And he grabs all of me, picks me up, and he kisses me. <laughs> I said, What are you doing? <laughs> Eddie was hell of a bloke. Well, yeah. What great stories. The thing is now then we've I think we've maybe started on a on a little thing about cruise ships. Maybe we should get shall we see if we can get Mike Doyle back on to talk about Well get you know, Mike the, on again. He's done he's on loads. He does them every year. See, I used to do them all the time and then I got fed up. Mm-hmm. I literally got fed up because I was away from home too much. Um but unfortunately, because as you know, all the clubs closed, they asked Ken Dodd where show business has gone. He said he's gone to sea. And it's true. <laughs> There's more work on ships than anywhere else now because all the people who go on holidays go on a ship, go and see a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the old days when they used to go to the, the summer seasons, you know. Yeah. Well, let's so see. Mike could be good to get on board, yeah. Let's, let's see if we can I'll give him a call. See if we can fit him in uh, maybe next week or the week after. All right. Well, that's look, right. Don't, don't get too burnt now. Make sure you get. I won't. It's like my tan. It's looking me. lovely, man. Look, it, look, it, look, it. look it, thirty years younger. I know. <laughs> Johnny Tudor. Get a bit of Botox. Hey, you don't need looking great. Looking great there. Um, so it's good. Uh, good night from me, and it's good night from me. <laughs> See you next time. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.